welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. All right. Well, hey, good morning. Good morning on this uh, exciting 4th of July weekend as we close out this, uh, uh, it's is beginning already to be an amazing series. I love that, uh, what the stars have to teach us of, of, of our creator and our God. And I think it's only fitting also on the weekend that we celebrate the uh, stars and stripes. We're doing a, a series, we're starting a series on stars, but uh, there's no direct correlation. I just thought it was a kind of cool thing. I hope you found that to be amazing. But hey, uh, before, uh, before we go any further, I just want to jump into the scripture verse that we're going to be focusing on today. Uh, it is uh, one that uh, Jeremiah uh, talks about and is speaking here in verse 32, uh, sorry, excuse me, verse, uh, chapter 32, verse 17, where it says, O sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your strong hand and powerful arm. Nothing is too hard for you. I remember growing up, uh, I didn't have a lot of opportunities to be able to go camping. Uh, in fact, more, was half of my life was, uh, was in the inner city. And so as you can imagine, there's light pollution and you don't necessarily get to have the advantage of being able to be in a place where you could see the stars and you can see them clearly. And so I remember going off to college and uh, having an opportunity all of a sudden from going from not camping at all in my life to camping many times, several times throughout the year. And uh, you can also imagine how inexperienced I was because I learned a valuable lesson from the first time time when uh, we went out camping and we uh, was me and a, a few of our buddies and uh, well we we left to go to a lake for a while and we came back and we didn't put our food away uh, so yeah Linda over there is already shocked because she probably knows what this is going but the raccoons raccoons uh, took our bread and so all we had was uh, lunch meat and cheese for the next few days and so it was like a cheese platter so it's not a big deal but um, we didn't need the carbs anyway so um but it was, uh, it was really exciting. But uh, what was more memorable even beyond that was what God did under the stars. And we would look, if the weather was good and it was going to be favorable, what we would do is look at the forecast and say, you know what, let's just not spend any time putting up tents. Let's just put the tarp down and just uh, sleep under the stars. And I, can, I cannot tell you how incredible that experience was, especially that first time when I'm sitting here, uh, me so small under the Im- immense expanse that was the night sky. And it really gets you to wonder, like, wow, is there more? You're filled with an awe. You're filled with, uh, with an overwhelming emotion. Is like, what else is out there? And it gives you a good glimpse of our God and our creator. And I thought it was just really cool. And so I would encourage you, uh, maybe not necessarily go and get your bread taken, but uh, I would say find a time over the next uh, month or so, or if you've not already done this, uh, find some time just to get away. Uh, get away and go out uh, into the country a little bit more. Drive the extra 20 minutes out there to maybe get away from the light pollution and just look up. Uh, turn on your worship music and let God do something amazing. Download an app that shows the, the, the map sky. So if you want to keep up and see what, where is what, uh, you can look. And, uh, or maybe even dust off that old telescope that you have and, or, uh, or get it to work. And, uh, and, and let God do something amazing in how he speaks to you. But really, the stars do captivate us. They really do. There's something about it that we find amazing. And you don't have to be a follower of Jesus Christ or a follower uh, and believe in God to know that, wow, this is incredible. This is amazing. And uh, even like when we think about it, science to this day has a trouble trying to explain it all because it's a complex combination of things that are happening that are sometimes beyond 
our control. And so I love that this awakens inside of us a wonder of something that is happening. And it reminds us how small we are in this entire, in, the, in, the, in this big universe. And it makes us wonder that if you believe in God, you believe like, God, wow, this is, this is incredible. Because the reality is this, I believe, I, I've come to know this and I am convinced that it's not, uh, this did not just happen by chance, but there is a designer, an architect, a person who says, I love you, who made all of this. And so in just in the same way, again, here in Minneapolis and in Minnesota, the Twin Cities, we don't get the uh, advantage of having mountains and, uh, and having oceans. My wife is from San Diego, and so she had the ocean there in front of her. And one of her favorite things is to go and just sit at the shore and just look out into the expanse. Because, again, there's something about it that, it, that unlocks something, an awe, a wonder, uh, a, an emotional response that just gets us to be in tune with wondering, is there more? And so uh, I just, I, I wanted to name and title this message, and this is what I titled it, is Wake Up the Wonder. Uh, because I believe that if sometimes if we're not careful, what we do, what we come here on Sunday, is just all about punching the ticket rather than actually receiving all that God has for us. But if we realize that the person who is behind all this, there's a wonder, there is an awe, all of a sudden, guess what? Your life begins to change. The way you pray begins to change. The way that you worship is very different. Your approach increases because you understand that who you are praying to, who you are worshiping, who you are approaching is changing lives and doing amazing things around us. And so again, I want us to, to I want to envelop uh, or um, expose a wonder that, that needs to be there, that needs to be inside of us. Because stars, they do that. They do that. They expose us. They, they capture our attention. It's been capturing our attention for a very long time. Okay? For a very long time. And I read in Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 7, it says, O sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth. With your strong hand and your powerful arm, nothing is too hard for you. And I believe that uh, Jeremiah in this verse a little bit was kind of ahead of its time a little bit, if you think about it. He's a little bit cutting edge here. And uh, it's interesting that he used this very illustration when he could have probably taken it any other direction. Because even if you were to think about the context of what's currently happening, you would understand that, well, he, didn't have, he doesn't have the same access that we have today to the research of hundreds of years that people have put together. He didn't have the charts. He didn't have the telescopes. He didn't have none of that. And yet he was amazed by the one who created all this. The impression during that time of stars were only, is that they thought that they were only about a mile or two away. That it was just this blanket that kind of covered us and that was about it. But the reality is we know that's not, the, that's not it. And yet he was amazed in fact, it's very similar to if uh, growing up or maybe if you're a parent already, you've already done this. But my uh, mother-in-law, I think it was my mother-in-law, just recently got my daughter uh, Eden, our oldest. She's two years old. These, uh, these um, glow-in-the-dark stars, right? And how many of you know if you're a dad, you were probably at one point in charge of putting those stars up one by one, one by one, only to see them fall down over time or if not stay up there for many years and then you're moving and you realize, wow, those things are still up there. But anyhow, think times have changed a little bit. Now things are, things are cutting edge. We got a little, little, uh, little stuffed animal that lays on the ground. You push a button and it does this. And I'm like, yeah, sweetie, ain't that beautiful? Yeah, yeah. It's like, guess what? I didn't have to put all those up. I just turned on the switch. But really, that was the perception, that was the perspective that, that they had at the time in, in Jeremiah's time. Because this was 627 B.C. This was a long time ago. But little did they know on what they were looking at. There were stars upon stars, planets upon planets, 
and galaxies upon galaxies. In fact, if you were to go outside and it was dark right now and you could see uh, into the expanse, uh, something as small as the tip of this pen, in that, in that, could be a galaxies without galaxies. So again, what you got to understand, what we have to understand, that there is a lot that is here. There's an expanse that is surrounding us that, that says we serve a God who is infinite. We serve a God who is worthy of our awe. We serve a God who is worthy of our wonder. And if we understand that, again, things change in our lives. Our perspective, the way we pray, the way we worship, it all changes. And Jeremiah knew from the account of Genesis right from the beginning, of Genesis 1-1, where it says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And if you, are, uh, if you know me too well, my wife knows this, because if, uh, if I'm not watching sports, one of the things I'm watching is some boring documentary, as she would say. Uh, I love to learn. I love to learn. I, and that's probably one of the things that I, I like to do. If I'm not doing anything else, I just want to make sure that I am feeling something with myself that, is, uh, that I can learn from. In fact, what I like to do is I like to uncover uh, aspects of God in everything that I do and everything that I see because the character of God is in those things. If it's true, if it's wholesome, if it's righteous, you're going to find God in it. And so it's incredible to be able to see this. But uh, years of, uh, uh, of scientific research has probably not necessarily drawn us away from God, but I believe it's actually exposed us to get closer to God. Uh, research just fills us with this, all this wonder. And so, again, I am filled with this excitement as I was preparing for this message because, again, for me, I get excited. I'm a nerd. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of geeking out a little bit right now because I'm going to get to teach you about these amazing things, and we're only going to scratch the surface. But I get excited about words like absolute zero, telepathy, and fugitive scale. Some of you probably don't know what that means, but that's okay. Um, but I get excited about those things. But I want you to keep up with me here. Uh, because what I'm about to just teach you and expose you and the information that I'm about to share is really amazing. And in fact, it's sometimes it's really hard to kind of envelop and, and try to wrap our minds around it. But when you look up at the stars with the naked eye, you are looking at dots that have millions and sometimes billions of stars or galaxies within them. In fact, uh, in this image that is going to be projected just behind me, you're going to see the constellation of Orion. Uh, if you are a science teacher at one point, you've probably taught on this. Uh, but in that constellation, the closest star to us is a star of Bellatrax. And Bellatrax is 243 light years away. And you're probably wondering, hey, uh, Zeus, I know you're bilingual, but English here, please. I want, what is a light year here? Uh, a light year is the time in which uh, time and space takes, uh, the time and space in which it takes for light to travel in one calendar year. Now, to give you a little bit more perspective is that um, light travels very fast. In fact, we don't know of anything right now scientifically that travels anywhere as fast as light. And so nothing, because nothing can travel as fast as because guess what? It travels at 186,000 miles a second. Let me break that down a little bit more. 186,000 miles a second. That is going around this, the, this world seven times in one second. You cannot count fast enough to seven in one second. And yet, if you were to shine a light that was strong enough, that was powerful enough, it would surround, it would cover the earth seven times over. And that is an amazing thing. And so again, in that same constellation, the furthest star that is in that is called Alanam. And that is 1,360 light years away. And so what's really cool about this and what the young people say, again, you look at me like, dude, you're still young, dude. What are you talking about? Hey, I'm, almost, I'm about to be 30, so I'm a little bit older now. Okay, give me that. But, uh, but in that, um, what, you, what, you, what, the, what the young people say is my mind is mind blown, right? My mind is blown. And really it was with when I learned this because 
uh, there's something amazing here. So the light that you would see, the light that is, that is currently being generated when you receive it, if you were to look through a telescope and you were to look for this star, Alanan, that light traveled, has been traveling since the year 656 A.D. So that light is old. In fact, you're, pull, you're pulling a Marty McFly a little bit and you're going into the, into the past. Yeah, that, that is crazy. And, and to give you more more perspective of what was happening at the time, the religion of Islam was just getting off the ground at the time. It was just 30 years old. And so you're looking actually at a light that is so old from that time in which it took from it to travel from here to here. That is crazy. That is amazing. That is mind-blowing. And so yet, light travels so fast it takes us that long to reach because the universe is so vast. And just another uh, way, another thing that I found out is uh, yesterday's, the light that, if you were to go outside and the light that you would receive in that moment that you step outside from the sun, it took eight minutes for it to get to you. So again, you would think it would, it would uh, like, there's still eight minutes. And now imagine this Alan M who is so much further away, how much time it takes to get here. But again, we're just scratching the surface. There is so much material here, and I'm not going to try to bore you with any more else if you're not a learner like me. But I just want to, again, begin to, to awaken something inside of you that is there, a wonder and awe and a, 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 an unbelievable capacity that our God, our, our, our Heavenly Father is able to do. It really is an amazing thing. A God who is indescribable, but beyond their well, all these strings. The scriptures say in Psalm chapter 33, verse 6, By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth, all of their hosts. Again, just by the breath of his mouth. That's just as easy it is for me to say, easy. I mean, God was able to do that. So how much more is he able to do in your life in which he cares for more about you than he does about the stars? He can speak into the empty void. He can draw light into that void. And he can do amazing things into your life. And so it's amazing. God unlocks this wonder. And the definition of wonder is simply this. A feeling of surprise mingled with admiration caused by something beautiful, unexpected, unfamiliar, or inexplicable. And yet again, here we have Jeremiah, a guy who's teaching this thought, this scripture that he wrote out was beyond his time. And if you know the context of what was going on at this time, you know they carry a lot more meaning. Jeremiah at the time was, um, well, well, Jeremiah was actually a a guy who was a a huge character in the Bible. He was one of the major prophets in the Old Testament. Uh, He had an amazing, an amazing relationship uh, with with God. But you also know that most of his prayers were also very intimate, combative exchanges with God. So that means he had a, a real relationship with them, one that uh, probably wasn't always uh, rosy and, and good and great, but he knew that that was his heavenly father. He knew that if there was something that was of a discontent inside of him, he can go to his father because his father was able to supply his need. And yet he knew this because, and this was hard for Jeremiah, because Jeremiah knew this, that destruction was coming. He was a prophet, so he was able to, uh, he, 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 was, he, he saw visions and dreams of things that were to come. And, and, and then he also, he knew that there was a plot to kill him. He, he was asked to buy a piece of land and invest into something that he end up, that we'd end up losing. And he was asked to do things that sometimes don't make sense. He was in a, between a rock and a hard place. And if we were to be honest in this room, we'd say, you know what, Pastor Zeus, I've been there before. I've been between a rock and a hard place. I don't, I've been in a spot where I didn't know how to move forward and how, how, to, how, to, how, to, how to get through this season. And yet Jeremiah had the perfect formula. He says, look no further than to the stars and be reminded of the person behind those stars. The one who created that. The one who is able to do immeasurably and abundantly more in your life. So you choose to believe in him. So you would choose to come to his son. And so it really is 
uh, an amazing thing. Nothing is beyond our God. And uh, careful, again, I want to be careful too with this kind of stuff because uh, I want us never to get in a position where we see God as a genie. It's kind of like the old uh, Aladdin, you know, the little genie, I'm going to grant you a wish, the prayer, whatever, and then you decide to get it. Because our relationship with God was never meant for it to be transactional. It was meant for it to be transformational. Because if you understood that and, and if you know that, all of a sudden when you pray, when you worship, when you come here, or when you experience God outside of these four walls, all of a sudden, your wall, your under takes you to a new place. Because again, God has transformed something inside of you. He's been able to unlock areas in your life that maybe you couldn't see because of our limited perspective. Because how many of us know we're all limited? As a pastor, I am limited. And yet I love that I have a heavenly father who is in my heart, who is in my life, who sent his son Jesus so that I know how to get through things. So all of a sudden, I'm just not here punching the ticket, but I'm here because God is doing something amazing in our lives. And so it really is a, a cool thing. And the word tells us who created the, the heavens, the stars, the starlight, the, the earth. Psalm chapter 8 and 4 says, when I, uh, actually starting with verse 3 and then 4, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in a place, what is, again, this is the best part, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings, that you care for them. Because again, we're not called, we're not called to, to worship the creation. We're called to worship the creator. We're not called to look at horoscopes and say, well, what do the stars say that I'm supposed to do? No, 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 you don't do that. You pray to the, you pray to the creator. You don't pray to the trees. You pray to the creator, the one who made that behind. And then we steward all that stuff as a, re, as a reaction, as a result of all that. But again, our, what we see here is far greater, far bigger than we can ever imagine. And we just need to step into that. We just need to allow our wonder, our apprehension, whatever it is that is keeping us from doing that, to unlock that awe inside of us. And so what if we woke up our wonder? What if we said to a limitless God, oh, God, you are amazing. How much more can you do in our lives? A God who says, if you are discouraged, if you are worried, if you don't know what's going on, look no further. Just look up. And use my perfect illustration of stars or the creation around me, around you, to see how real all this is. It really is. So don't no longer limit yourself. In fact, I, I looked this up and, and, and I found that there's several things that happen within our, within our lives and our beings that keep us, that keep us from, uh, from really going after the things of God and unlocking this this awe and this wonder, and really sometimes it has to do with trust. Some of us, guess what? We have trust issues. We, uh, we don't trust something that we cannot see. And if we cannot see it, we can't trust it. And sometimes it is that, in, that, uh, that inability that, that obstructs us from doing amazing things. And yet, our words, the heavens declare his glory. It is there, it is evident, and it is real. And so if we learn to trust, sometimes it's even our sacrifice we say, you know what, I don't know if I can give that up. You're trying to tell me that I need to be generous here, or I need to give up this, or, or even something even small. It can be something small, and yet we're like, I don't know if I can, if I can trust giving this up. And we, will, we have trouble with even sometimes with our sacrifice. Uh, sometimes it's, we lean our on or our own ability. Uh, how many of us know I, uh, we're all limited? Uh, we, there's only so many things that we can do, and yet with God... Uh, through perspective, through change, through inner working in our hearts and in our lives, he can do measurably and abundantly more. 
Other things are uh, your own feelings, what you're feeling at the time, emotional responses, uh, even sin, the things that you may be getting into that you shouldn't be getting into, and you're allowing it to be, build walls and put blockades in your life that keep you, for, again, from seeing all that God has for you in your life, and even sometimes the expectation. Oftentimes, we get caught up in a situation where all of a sudden we lower our expectation, uh, our faith to the level of our expectation, because this is all that we can leave or believe in, but yet we're called to lift our, um, our level of, of expectation to the level of where our faith is, and our faith should be up. So we should be calling that up, and so we're called to expect that God is able to do abundantly and immeasurably more. But yet God reminds us, gaze upon my starlight, awaken your wonder from me. Your potential is unlimited. All of us in this room, our potential is unlimited because we serve a limitless God. Um, there's a thing on the internet. It's called Facebook. Anyone heard, heard of it? I know it's probably not cool anymore, but uh, a lot of people are on there, so I go on there. But uh, I, I consulted the powers that would be in, in Facebook, and I asked around because uh, I wanted to get a little bit of uh, interaction when I was writing this sermon because it's really cool to see different people's experiences, like how people uh, interpret things or how people uh, see things through a different lens. Because, again, I'm limited by the things that I'm able to see. And so I asked a simple question. I said, what is it about the stars that captivate you? And so Ginger Galvin, who was here in our last service, says, think about how intricate the stars in the universe are before there was an iPhone, before there was a GPS. Even light itself. God had a plan. He said, let there be light. And the light wasn't just for man to see, but for things to grow, to be guided at night. Hello, Moana, for you parents in the room who've watched it probably for the 30th time, right? To show expansion. Stars alone are their own being. They have their own center of gravity. They can travel in pairs anyways. Just like God wants to be, uh, God just wants us to be attracted to him, like the feeling you get like watching an untamed uh, fire, being that untamed feeling. I feel like the stars, the night's way of bringing that untamed feeling to us. We didn't, he didn't have to give us stars. He chose to give us stars. Deidre says, even though you can't always see them, they're always there. They're constant and they're shining. A buddy of mine, Dan Eric, says, looking at the galaxy makes me, gets me thinking on a cosmic scale. And I love that. The cosmological argument is one of the most compelling pieces of evidence we have that points to our God being the creator of the universe. Short version is, in a cause and effect universe, what caused everything to exist in the first place. The logical answer is that there's an entity that pre-exists in the universe and operates outside the physics of time and space as we know them. Luke Sutter, a friend of mine, but seriously, the stars remind me that I'm not alone, and it's not because of aliens. I love God's promise to Abraham and his children that we will, he will be that they will be as numerous as the stars, and we can look to the sky and be surrounded by other faithful followers struggling with their faith. And then the last one. Michelle, who was also here in our last service, she said, the beauty first, something that we as humans can't create. And then the vastness. We can't even comprehend it. We see the stars, but are completely unable of counting them. It's so humbling. They are mesmerizing in the way that they put us in our place as specks in God's creation. Everything, everyone has a purpose, and we are completely in his hands. And yet, and yet, and yet, he is mindful of you. God's presence, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, 
he doesn't see, they don't see the crowd, they see the one. I mean, even in Jesus' illustration, he sees when one, the parable, when one of the sheep go missing, Jesus doesn't say, well, I got 99, those are pretty good numbers still. That's, that's okay, I'll settle with that. He goes looking for the one. And in the same way, he pursues you because he is mindful of you. So to close here, I'm going to do something different. We're going to turn down the lights here because this is, it's not night and I don't have a retractable roof and we can't see the stars. Uh, so we're going to do the ne- next best thing. We're going to look at a really cool picture that has a lot of stars. And it's an enhanced picture that was taken with a powerful telescope. And even in that telescope, it's limited by the amount that it could see. And you wouldn't want me to get up here right now and start counting everyone because we'd be here uh, till three and nobody wants to get hangry and, and be here till three. But there's something amazing in all this. See, the stars in this expanse, in this beauty, in this creation, they don't point to how wonderful we are. They point to how wonderful God is. In fact, I'll say this. The point, the point of all this is not to make you feel small, but to help you to see that you are small. And this, it's this insignificant significance that, and because of how tiny we are, we are known and we are prized by majesty who sent for us in the form of Jesus Christ. Who loves us, who knows us, even though we are tiny, itty, little, bitty people. And an itty, little, bitty speck floating through this vast cosmos that he has made. And just like he can name all the stars, he can go around this room and call everyone by name. His Holy Spirit can speak to you in your heart. He knows you. He's aware of you. And he invites you into a relationship with him. That has no end. That lives in eternity. That is infinite. So next time you look at the stars, I want you to be reminded and have perspective of how wonderful our our creator is and awaken a something inside of us fan in a flame something that isn't the passion that needs to come out of it and I hope we find it don't just leave here feeling the same or being the same leave here being transformed and I love in just a moment we're going to have a moment to go back into worship and I guess what we need to end big that second service they brought it there was, there was a move of God in this room that people were singing and they were singing and they did, they were, there was an awe they were, they were vocal they were singing with their voices out I want to challenge us to that I want to call us to that because I believe in this room I know that you can so like Jeremiah don't let your circumstances your defeat defeat you but instead just look up because it is by his strong hand and his powerful arm that he's able to do this Let's stand. I'm going to read out of 1 John chapter 3 through verse 1. Now I'm going to pray. And Molly and her team are going to lead us in a time of worship. But let's respond in such a way. Let's respond in a way that fills us with wonder. And it says here in 1 John chapter 3 verse 1. See how great a love the Father has bestowed on us. That we would be called children of God. And such we are. And so God, I just... 
God, we commit this moment to you. God, we give it to you, and God, we pray that you would fill us with wonder. God, that you would fill us with awe, knowing that there, there is no, no other excuse, no other thing that can bring us to a place of such passion but your presence in our life. But the sacrifice of what Jesus Christ did on the cross by you sending him for us so that we can have access, so that we can have relationships, so that we get to know the Father better. So God, fill us with wonder. Help us to know and understand why we do what we do here, why we come and do this. So lift our faith, God. Lift our faith. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Let's worship, church.